0: you may be seated. Thank you for coming today. <clears throat> a little bit later on, we're going to be having uh, some uh, some post liminaries. It used to be preliminaries, but we're live stream now so they're post liminaries and we'll be receiving an offering. But I want to thank you right now and thank the folks that are viewing live stream and those that are viewing later. Thank you for your faithfulness and giving. The giving has been good. Thank you. You've been faithful in that respect. We have a special a special project going on and we believe in challenging people God is able and He's been supplying in special challenges. The envelope that's got red writing on it says love offering, if you would take it. And if you've got anything to give the Lord today over and above your regular giving, and we'd like to give it today. And this is for our missionaries in West Africa, in Ghana, West Africa. We have Frederick and Antoinette Kearney, and they've had a ministry there. They're starting another church and great ministry, great music ministry over there and their laptops have worn out, just literally worn out. So we're buying them a couple of laptops, and you can be a part of that. Anything that's given over and above what's necessary for these high-powered, good laptops that are going to be uh, going to them in West Africa will go into our next project, whatever it is. But we always believe in having a project out there, believe in challenging you the very best that we can to be all and do all that you possibly can for the Lord. If you haven't been uh, on site Recently, you want to pick up your days of praise for June, July, and August. They're out here. Take all the ones that you would like to, all that you can use. Thank you so much for that. Now, you notice on your bulletin, it says the title of the song we just sang, In Times Like These. And the verse is, Redeeming the time because, because the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. What on earth does that verse mean? And how do we apply it? I believe all the Bible is inspired and preserved by God. How many of you believe that? Say amen. 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 All right, I know during these COVID-19 times and during these times of unrest, the Word of God is, uh, is a foundation. Amen. And we believe it. And it's not just for another time, another place, or for other people. It's for you and for me. It's personal. And redeeming the time means that time is so valuable, so precious as a, a gift from God, a stewardship from the Lord that uh, we need to be faithful with it as Paul says about stewards of, of other things as well. It's required in a man, uh, that, uh, in a steward, that a man be found faithful. And uh, I want to get it right, that's correct. It's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And we have a stewardship of time. We need to let the Holy Spirit Direct and control us. Can I get an amen on that? You know, the Holy Spirit is God. He's God, uh, the third person of the Trinity. He's inside of every born-again believer. That's right. And you hear Him guiding you into all truth through the Word of God. And He is there. And we need to listen to Him about controlling and managing our time. Managing our resources. We, and we need to be submissive. We need to say, yes, Lord. We need to say, Lord, whatever you say. We need to become disciplined people in that sense. Allowing the Holy Spirit to guide our thoughts, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide our emotions. It would be very easy for us to get emotional one way or another during these times, wouldn't it? Well, you did what to me? You pulled out in front of me. What, what do you, who, who do you think you are? Right? It's possible to become irritated and to overreact and not respond as Jesus Christ would respond in every situation. So let's invest in eternity By seeking His will for each day, for each hour, for each minute, and each moment. To that end, I think we need one more clock. Come on, smile now. We need one more clock. You say, boy, I hope He watches that closely today. No, uh, never have been a slave to the clock when it comes to preaching the Word of God. But can, can you imagine... You know, this, this uh, I guess, down at the, at the CVS or whatever uh, place I bought this, this probably costs, uh, let's see, it says remove before using. Okay, here we go. Now I can use it. All right. I couldn't see through that clear plastic. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe $14, $15, $16, something like that, right? I mean, it's maybe $12, $10. I don't know what you give for a clock uh, with batteries, but there it is, an old-fashioned clock with hands on it. Mickey's hands are on the 11 and almost on the 3. All right, there you go. So can you imagine me just tossing that against the wall? He said, that would be a waste. But how much more of a waste is there for us not to use the time that God has given us as He desires us to use it? What if, what if time, I'm talking about days and hours and uh, minutes and seconds and moments, what if they were money? What if they were a a form of currency? Would you just just take your wallet and throw your money out? Would you throw it away? No. Most people, reasonable people, do not waste their money that way. They don't just throw it away. And we need to be God-directed Christians in these challenging times. We don't want to throw our time away. If, um, If this is worth, you know... $12, $15, $12, $15, whatever it's worth, $8, I don't know, price is coming down, do I hear $5? Anyway, uh, if, if, if it's worth that, and throwing it away is a waste, how much more of a waste is it throwing away time? Come on, time and opportunities, how much more of a waste of time? If you've ever had to sit, if you were forced to sit during the COVID crisis or dur- during any other time in your life, you get an antsy feeling, don't you? Now don't tell me you're perfectly comfortable with it. Nobody's, you're feeling antsy. You feel like you ought to be doing something. You feel like you could be doing something. And, and that's, there's a reason for that. Somebody built some character into you somewhere. You feel like you ought to be doing something. You ought to be producing something or doing something positive. That's because time is more valuable than money, than currency. A person can lose all their money and gain it all back. But you can't get any time back. And it says, redeeming the time because the days are evil, that means we ought to value our time so much that we would treat it more valuable than money itself. It's been a momentous, speaking of moments, it's been a momentous week, several weeks, hasn't it? These moments are etched in our minds, our imaginations, in our hearts. There have been memorial observances. There have been protests. say, preacher, what do you know about protests? You've never been down for the cause. You've never, oh, oh, you don't know me. You don't know me. This preacher has known many hours, being the only one, For whatever reason, that was willing to stand in front of an abortion clinic in California. And have people go by and spit and swear and call me all kinds of names. Finally, another preacher came and stood alongside me. Now, I'm not not as peaceful as protests ought to be. Protests are right in this country, but they ought to be peaceful. Come on! They ought to be peaceful. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just saying they ought to be peaceful. If you're going to quote anybody to me, go ahead. Quote chapter and verse. But they ought to be peaceful protests. And I couldn't, I couldn't, because of the way I'm wired, I couldn't be in that protest. I recall seeing the footage of the folks in front of the abortion clinic, a peaceful protest in a California city where the, where the law enforcement officials came and started carrying people off. And they picked up a little 98-pound woman and dropped her on her face, on purpose. I remember seeing that, and I, I told somebody I can't do that because the Apostle Peter would come out of me right now. That would be it. I would not. I I could not stand that. There's too much. I mean, you know, I'm not as spiritual as some of you out there. All right, that would come out of me. But I know what it is to protest peacefully, and we've seen protests we've seen so many graduations, different kind of graduations. This is a different time. Virtual graduations, right? Virtual graduations on, up on, on a screen. And very creative ways of graduating due to all that we've gone through. And let me just say this. This week has also included a very meaningful, quiet, brief getaway. For my sweetheart, as of yesterday, fifty years. Yesterday was our 50th wedding anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Amen. She's the one that deserves a round of applause on that. Amen. June 6th, 1970. We walked down an aisle. She walked down the aisle. I sang to her. How many of you heard the song? You heard the song? Yeah. Sang it on devotions yesterday, if you're catching the shepherd. And uh, 50 years, pleasant, pleasant time, happy time to reflect. And, sweetheart, I'd marry you again. With tiny tears that glistened, my eyes were fixed on you. And thinking of the life we'd share, we softly said, I do. Our hearts were knit together from the time we first met, and memories were gathered that we will never forget. While daily living life with you, you saw the, the real me, and still you chose acceptance, a loving mystery. With many happy times gone by, and others when we cried, some days we'd share so endlessly, while other days We'd hide. With all the ups and downs we've had in learning to be friends, I know that in this heart of mine, I'd marry you again. That's tough, but that's only half as tough as what I'm going to do next, preacher. I remember George Yance quoting Rosie Rosewell. should you go first, and I remain to walk the road alone. I'll live in memory's garden, dear, with happy days we've known. In spring, I'll wait for the roses red, in summer lilacs blue.
1: In autumn, when the
0: brown leaves fall, I'll catch a breath of you. Should you go first, and I remain, For battles to be fought, each thing you've touched along the way will be a hallowed spot. I'll hear your voice, I'll see your smile, and though blindly I may grope, the memory of your loving hand will buoy me on with hope. Should you go first, and I remain, to finish with the scroll, no dark shadows shall creep in to make this life seem droll. We've known so much of happiness, we've had our cup of joy. The memory is one gift of God that death cannot destroy. Should you go first and I remain? One thing for sure we know. We'll meet again in that bright land beyond the golden shore. God's great salvation we've received through Jesus' matchless name. And in heaven reunited, we shall never, never part again. <sighs> wonderful time we had. Spent a few days out of this immediate area. is isn't like we're going to abandon anybody, but I didn't feel like we had to leave a forwarding address for a couple of days. Is that okay? Everybody alright with that? Had a wonderful, wonderful time together reflecting on day-to-day life. And how God blessed us so much. Amen. In times like these, we just sang it and I believe there could not have been a better song to begin this service with. Paul Harvey, boy isn't he a memory. Been gone now a while. And he gave us something years ago that I think will be helpful as I start this message out. Paul Harvey wrote, if I were the devil, listen carefully, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I would want to engulf the whole earth in darkness. If I were the devil, I would begin with a campaign of whispers with the wisdom of a serpent and I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. If I were the devil to the young, I would whisper, the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God. Instead of the other way around. I would confide that what is bad is good and what is good is square. I don't think we use that word anymore, but not cool. I don't even think we use that anymore. In the ears of the young married, I would whisper that work is debasing, that cocktail parties are good for you. I would caution them to be ex- not to be extreme in religion and patriotism or in moral conduct. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to confine young, young intellects but neglect to discipline emotions. Let those run wild. If I were the devil, I'd designate an atheist to front for me before the highest court and get preachers to say, you know, she might be right. We shouldn't pray in school. If I were the devil, with flattery and promises of power, I would get the courts to do what I construe as Uh, Against God and in favor of pornography thus I would evict God from the courthouse even the schoolhouse then from the house of Congress If I were the devil I would substitute psychology for religion And deify science Falsely so called If I were Satan I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle Then I would separate families, putting children in uniform, women in coal mines, and objectors in slave labor camps. If I were Satan, I'd just keep doing what he's doing now. The devil is alive and well on planet Earth. The little paperback book in the 1970s declared, and he is. He's alive and well on this Earth and having a heyday. But God is greater. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. I've read the back of the book, and I know we win. Praise the Lord. And so while we balance our preaching, and have always balanced this ministry that way, I remember something else Paul Harvey said. He said, I've never seen a monument erected to a pessimist. And that's the truth. I'm glad. I know Jesus Christ. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which He's committed unto me against that day. Let's be truthful. My mom said it. The future is as bright as the promises of God. So you may look around and see the darkness with which the devil wants to engulf mankind. And I want to give you the good news. The good news. 1942, R.E. Winsett wrote a song. A couple people sang it, but it didn't get very big until 1969. A group of four fellows from Nashville sang it. And it became the Dove Award winner. And it goes like this. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedom we all hold dear now is at stake. Humbling your heart to God saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians awake. Why? Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom, trumpets will sound. All of the dead shall rise, righteous meet in the skies. Going where no one dies, heavenward bound. When you get down, when you get discouraged, as all of us as human beings are prone to become discouraged or get down every once in a while, you just sing that song. You just remember Jesus is coming soon. And I trust that this message today will stir you up to be busy about our Father's business, busy about the business of the Lord Jesus Christ, 24-7 24-7 is something I learned to say in the last century. 24-7. I want to be busy 24-7. We believers in Jesus Christ are never off duty. We are 24-7 around the clock witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ. These past few days when we took a little time away, we're going into a market. There's a man standing out there. He had a can of Bud Light or something in his hand. And I stepped up to him, and I handed him a smile track. And he thanked me. We walked into the market, and we started making the rounds. Pretty soon, I felt the presence of somebody. I turned around, and there he was. His name is Mitch. Mitch said, can you come here? He said, I read this all the way through. I read this all the way through. He said, I drink. He says, I'm a drug addict. I read this all the way through. He said, you're a man of God, aren't you? And he said, you're a Jesus man, aren't you? Now, I can't say that I've always gotten that response everywhere I've been. But don't you want people to look at you and say, you're a Jesus man. You're a Jesus woman, aren't you? You're a Jesus man. Jesus is coming soon. What we're seeing around us just simply confirms the truth. In times like these, we need to be prepared. We need to be ready always to give an answer of the hope that is within us. General Andrew Jackson, before he was president of the United States, in the Battle of New Orleans, as he fought, the fog was was just so heavy. They couldn't see. They couldn't see. Andrew Jackson's army was... To make it stand, as General Jackson rode out to inspire his poorly equipped troops, a young soldier inquired, But General, sir, how can I fight and defend myself against an enemy I can't see? General Jackson said this, Sooner or later, your enemy will show himself, and you'll know what to do. And in your future life, if you survive this, you'll be confronted by many unseen enemies of your hard-fought liberty. But they will show themselves in time, time enough to destroy them. I like that. I like what he said. One of the goals of those who are enemies of this nation is to belittle the American founding fathers, imperfect as they were. And yet, they founded this nation upon eternal principles in the Word of God. As imperfect as they were, they strove to do something right to establish on this continent something that was brand new so that the Lord could look down and say, they're imperfect, they're sinners, but I'm going to bless them anyway. And God's hand of blessing has been on this nation 200 plus years all during the time that we were making all kinds of mistakes and we're still making mistakes. But thank God we have taken time to acknowledge Him and those who have decided To expel him from the schoolroom and expel him from the courtroom and expel him from the house known as Congress. Those people will have to deal with Almighty God. This nation is what it is today because of the Lord. And if we're going to ever be what we ought to be, it will be because of the Lord. That's it. Plain and simple. Gus Hall, leading spokesman for communism in the United States, said at the funeral of Eugene Dennis... I dream of the hour when the last congressman is strangled to death on the guts of the last preacher. And since the Christians love to sing about the blood, why not give them a little of it? You say, oh, it's not that radical anymore. Oh, it's worse than that. It's worse than that. They don't love God, and they don't love those of us who love God. And they're out to destroy something that God has given to us as a sacred trust. And I'm going to stand for Jesus, and I'm going to stand for what He's allowed this people on this continent, to do and accomplish for the glory of God. You see, the Lord looked down and He said, I'm going to bless that nation. And then He said, I'm going to give you a stewardship. You have the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's your turn now to take it around the world. And how are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? It has been said a nation can survive its fools, even the ambitious, but it cannot survive treason from within. An enemy at the gates is less formidable, for he is known and he carries his banners openly. But the traitor moves among those within the gates freely. His sly whispers rustling through all the alleys, heard in the very halls of government itself. For the traitor appears no traitor. He speaks in the accents familiar to his victims and he wears their face and their garments and he appeals to the baseness that lies deep in the hearts of all men. He robs the world of a nation. He works secretly and unknown in the right to undermine the pillars of a city. He infects the body politic so that it can no longer resist. A murderer is less to be feared. And those words were spoken and written by none other than Cicero centuries and centuries ago and they are truer today than they were then several weeks ago I gave a quiz to our Sunday school as I do each week and the quiz question where in Joel do we read about multitudes in the valley of decision the answer was Joel 3:14. this has prophetic significance future significance Or it speaks of the day of the Lord. The multitudes in the valley of decision has often been perhaps preached out of context by those in evangelistic and missionary conferences. But it has to do with the day of the Lord, a day of doom and gloom, a day of judgment. We've sung about in times like these. What do we need to do? We need to redeem the time because the days are evil. We have a responsibility to value time and to use it as God intended it to be used. If you're taking notes, put this down. The first thing we need to do is to decide. Multitudes are in the valley of decision. We need to decide. I'll never forget a motivational speaker came to one of our ministries years ago. And he sat down with us. And this was a man who was paid much money and had donated his time to our little church. We had grown so rapidly. And he said as he looked around the circle of men who had expectant eyes and were waiting to hear what he had to say, something profound, he said, the first thing you have to do is to decide to decide. You've got to decide to decide. Indecision in the matter of right and wrong is just like deciding incorrectly. Indecision for the person who is standing on the stoop of eternity and looking out, gazing out into eternity Without Jesus Christ, you're going to split hell wide open like a rock through a spider web. You need to be born again. You need to be saved. You can't wait. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Now is your opportunity. And as I said in my devotional, who is it that you're thinking of right now that hasn't decided yet? Who are you thinking of that is on their way to hell without Jesus Christ? I want you to 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 do as, as we have done in the past. I'll never forget Nino at his music shop. He had observed our life and our ministry. He had respect for us. And I went into that shop day after day. And finally, on the last day that I could be there, I got down on my knees and I said, Nino, I'm begging you. I'm begging you not to go to hell. I'm begging you to receive Christ as your Savior. He says, man, get off your knees. Get off your knees. Please don't do that. I said, no, I'm begging you to receive Christ I'm begging, I began to pray, and I felt a teardrop on my hand. I'm telling you, we need to be willing to lose our pride in order to bring the ones that we love and care about and those we're concerned about to Jesus Christ. You've got neighbors, you've got friends, you've got people that you've met, people that you work with, people that you go to school with, and these people don't know Jesus Christ yet. Someday, we will stand in eternity, and they will pass before God's judgment bar. And there'll be no record of them in the book of life. And they'll be cast into the lake of fire. But before they go, they may turn and say, You, I knew you. You never told me. You never told me. You never told me. God help us. We are not here just to have church and play church. We are here to make an eternal difference. And people all around us who don't know Jesus Christ Look at us. They're weighing us, constantly analyzing us, watching us. We need to decide. We need to choose wisely. In Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, the old general stood up before his troops and he said, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and for my house, we will serve the Lord. What a glorious opportunity is ours. What a, what a grave responsibility it is. It is our responsibility to allow Jesus Christ to live through us. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6, We need to prioritize, put first things first. More important than our wealth, more important than our health, is the eternal destiny of people whose paths we cross. And we should not worry about it. People stand off because of the COVID-19. Be willing to give them a tract. If they want to talk, be willing to stand there and talk to them. Tell them about Jesus Christ. You say, but what about the COVID? I'm not saying anything that is unsafe. Because in the Great Commission, if you read it correctly... It says that those that took the gospel everywhere could take up poison, could take up snakes and they would be protected. That is not to say that we're gonna institutionalize it and drink poison in church or take up snakes in church like they do up in the mountains. But that means if in the course of serving God and doing God's business, I inadvertently take something into my system, I inadvertently get bitten by a snake, my God, whose business I'm taking care of will take care of my business. And in these COVID hours, Judge me if you want to. I'm not telling you to be foolish, but I'm telling you in these COVID hours, people still need Jesus Christ. There has never been a cessation or a suspension of winning lost souls to Jesus Christ. We need to put the, 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 the silly, childish attitudes aside when it comes to deciding the things that are of eternal value. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. People can sell you a bridge or sell you underwater property when you are emotionally uh, vulnerable. Instead, we need to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. We need to put on the whole armor of God. We need to set things in order. Just like Paul told Titus, that's why I left you in Crete. You know why God left you Fill in your address. God left you there for a reason. To do God's business. We are here for one reason. To do God's business. My mom's 103. She said, Brad, I don't know why I'm here. I said, I know why you're here. She says, you do? 103. She prays every day to go to heaven. Why am I here? You're here to do God's business. You're here to pray for me. You're here to pray for God's work to be done around this world. And she does. She does. Decide. Decide. And then number two, go ahead and step out and do what is right. We need to do right. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. That's Ephesians chapter 4 and chapter 5. We have a responsibility to continue on, not stop, not change in any respect. The thing that God wants us to do. Yes, wash your hands. Yes, use sanitizer. Yes, if you have to protect yourself and cover up, whatever it is, but don't stop being a Christian. Don't stop living for Jesus. Don't stop speaking up for Jesus and witnessing and and snatching in pity from, from death and hell those that are on their way there. Resist the devil. It says in Ephesians 4, neither give place to the devil. James chapter 4 says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We need to be spirit filled. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Are you listening to me? What I'm telling you right now is that things may change all around us. But Jesus never changed. And, and God's great, great commission will never change. And the need of mankind is universal. It will never change. People still need Jesus Christ. I'm not going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ someday and say, well, I pulled back and I stopped witnessing. Because I was afraid they might catch whatever germ I've got. No, whatever way we can, we've got to get the gospel out. I am not minimizing those that are sick, infected, and those that have died. I'm not minimizing that. That is a tremendous loss. But I'm telling you right now, I'm fit as can be. I'll go ten rounds. And I'm not backing up. And I'm not giving up on what God has called us to be and what God has called us to do. Just as soon as it's safe, We'd like to have all the folks come back. Just as soon as it's possible, we want to get all those kids back. Just as soon as it's safe, we want to get all the ministries back. And I was, telling, I was telling Tyler about it. How back in the day in southwest Pennsylvania, we had a church that had a lot of buses and the devil wanted to stop us. And there's always going to be those that are going to try to do their worst to stop. And somebody had jammed piece of wood in in the engine compartment of one of our buses went down the road and the engine blew up I stood up in the pulpit and I said I am not going to minimize how serious this is I'm not going to minimize how bad the threat is but I want you to know this every bus that the devil blows up I'm going to start two more routes in your face Satan because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world Satan has not run up the white flag. Satan has not given up. He is going at it just as much. During this time, there's been an increase of people in terms of of alcohol abuse and, and suicide and relationships breaking up. The devil is at work. God is greater. We need to decide. We need to do. We need to step out. We need to evangelize. We need to be right with God and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And we need to do it How do we need to do it? Number three, spirit-filled, as I said. need to keep on singing. (laughs) Sang it the other day. It'll be on one of the devotions coming up. The world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. The world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. This happy face that I'm wearing, Jesus put it there to stay. And the world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away. Amen. 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 We're not going to just have church. We're having church today. But we're going to be the church. Amen. Outside these four walls, Bob Hughes used to say that. The missionary who planted the Bible Baptist Church in Cebu City in the Philippines, the church that became the largest in the world, had over 30,000 in Sunday school. They were winning souls to Christ. I had the privilege to preach there, preach to 11,000 adults at one time. What a wonderful privilege that was. He said, if we can just get the church outside these four walls, we can make an eternal difference. We can start to do what God has called us to do. We can start to be what God has called us to be. Don't faint. No matter what. These are evil days. Dr. Dennis Leatherman up here in Maryland preached a message. Enabled for the evil day. Having done all to stand. This is an evil day in which we live. This is a day that's characterized by evil. The evil one wants to be in charge. He wants to be as he is Spoken of the God of this world. He wants to be the God of individual lives and families and businesses and governments and and whatever he can be in charge of, he wants to be in charge of. You talk about being on a power trip. The devil is on a power trip 24-7. He has not given up. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, we have received mercy. We faint not. 2 Corinthians 4.1 And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we we shall reap, we shall reap, we shall reap, If we faint, not. Think about that. The sin all around us is pervasive. I'm telling you right now, when I get more time, I'll bring a message on it. But you know as well as I do, it's as close as that electronic device that's in your hand. Come on now, it's quiet in here. Devil come to you any way he can. He'll try to come to you through that thing if he possibly can. You better get a filter on it. You better stay prayed up. You better know what your kids are watching. I'm talking 24-7. The devil wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy me. He wants to stop us. Any moment, someone may step through that door and say, I'm sorry, you can't have church anymore. And I'd say, well, thank you for that announcement. Everybody take your Bibles out. We're going to read some more. We're going to preach some more. We're going to have church some more. God has called us to a ministry of saving the lost before it's too late and helping those that have been saved to grow in grace so they can do the same thing and help save the lost. Jesus is the only one that saves, but He has said, you're my hands, you're my feet, you're the ones that are going to do this. God bless you for being here today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking And how many of you today would say, Preacher, something in that message stirred my heart, spoke to my heart. Slip your hand up. Something spoke to my heart. God bless you. Something spoke to my heart. Amen. Amen. May we have a desire to be more like Jesus. May we have a desire to let Him live through us today and make a difference in the lives of so many others. All right. Redeeming the time. Let me ask you this. Do you know for sure if you died right now that you'd go to heaven? Everybody listening. Are you positive that heaven is your home? Right now, would you pray from your heart to God? And mean it, something like this. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die.
1: Years of time have come and gone since I first heard it told how Jesus would come again someday if back. Till some people doubt He'll come again But the word of God is true He'll redeem His chosen few Don't lose hope Soon Christ Jesus will descend of the times are everywhere, and there's a brand new feeling in the air, keep your eyes upon the eastern sky. Draw it not. Lift up your head. Redemption draw
0: it not. you enjoy that? Say, man.